Welcome to the Mariners Podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. This is podcast number six uh, for the Ethos Mariners podcast. I am coming to you from lovely Walla Walla, Washington, wine country, but I spent uh, Sunday in Seattle, uh, born and raised in Seattle. Uh, it was really fun to be home, uh, and the game was phenomenal. So this uh, game matched the 26 and 25 Pittsburgh Pirates against the 27 and 25 Seattle Mariners. Uh, I'm going to run through a little less conventional um i'm going to run through kind of my personal lead up to the game because i think some of the uh the atmosphere and, and the walk up are just a part of uh the electricity of the event i'm going to run through uh some of the the hard hit balls and and what it looked like from um uh from some of the mariners in this game, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Luis Ortiz, who was the Mariners' uh, opposition today for the Pirates, 24-year-old starter. And I uh, did a quick little swag meter because both teams um, in person uh, had so much swag. And it, it really stood out to me, um, having been, I guess, a, a baseball fan since really, I guess my memory started in, in, uh, 80, 84. Uh, and then, uh, my first Mariners game was in 86, but you know, it was kind of, uh, it looked like a bunch of, of young dads out there playing. Um, for me growing up, it was Jim Presley and Phil Bradley and Alvin Davis and Harold Reynolds, Mike Moore, Mark Langston, Matt Young, uh, even Bill Cottle. And nowadays, man, these guys are, are they've got so much drip. And, you know, when the, when a player looks like a dad, it's more of the anomaly. Nowadays, it's just who can outstyle each other. And that goes for both teams. So I quickly gave each player in the starting lineup a, a swag rating and talk a little bit about why and then um, add it up the nine players in the lineup plus the pitcher to see who, uh, in my opinion, which team had more swag in this game on Sunday. Cause again, I didn't come into the pod looking to, uh, looking to, to do this, but I just, I walked away from the game thinking, man, a lot of those guys had a lot of style and, and played with it. And I thought that was, it's cool. And I think it's a good way um, for baseball to draw back in young fans uh, specifically young fans from uh, the inner city, which is um, where a lot of the players that I grew up loving came from. And it's uh, known that, you know, Major League Baseball is having a difficult time getting players from American cities uh, to play baseball. I grew up with players like uh, Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry as as some of my favorite players. And they came out of uh, Crenshaw High School in L.A. And it's just not the factory that it used to be. Uh, you know, Joe Morgan and Jimmy Rollins and CC Sabathia coming from the East Bay. Uh, I just, those are, you know, those players are not specifically African-American players coming out of the, 
the inner cities, not as much. So, um, and I associate that with, I should, I should preface this by saying I, I associate uh, that with, when I say swag, you know, it could be any sort of style, but the reality is that um, a lot of what we associate with, uh, we being, I guess, the American viewing public associate with style quite often in basketball, in football, uh, some of it in baseball comes from, you know, the city. And that's not just the African-American community, right? It's the Latino community. It's the Asian-American community. But uh, again, I just, it was like something that I saw, it's something I grew up with. And so it was really fun for me to see and and uh, that it'll be fun for me to talk about. So with that, I'm just going to start at the beginning of of the day on, on Sunday. Uh, had a meal at uh, Marination Makai, which is like a Korean Hawaiian um, restaurant across the water from the stadium in West Seattle. And the plan was to take the water taxi, but uh, water taxi was crowded. So I decided to drive instead. Uh, super fun. I don't can't tell you the last time I had Spam Musubi and a beer, but uh, felt good. Sunny out. You know, it was a great start to the morning. Uh, drove over, parked in Pioneer Square uh, to have that walk-up experience uh, from the north side of the stadium through that corridor past um the Seahawks Stadium, uh, Lumen Field. And it was same as always, man. It was people in jerseys and it was Little League Day. So a bunch of young kids and you've got, you know, reggae playing from the from the sausage guys. And you've got a couple of new bars that have opened up there. And, you know, trying to explain what a Seattle dog is, you know, with the uh, cream cheese and sauteed onions and a lot of people think that sounds funny until they taste it but you know you're getting moved with the wave of people and it's not always the case for Seattle baseball it wasn't always the case that you had that many uh people going to a game it turned out that there were 44,624 in attendance on this Sunday one o'clock game and it just as a as someone who grew up going to Mariners games that's not something you can take for granted uh so I went from uh walking through Pioneer Square and then made a quick uh, turned around just to to go back and go went to Hood Famous Bakery. Shout out Hood Famous, which is a Filipino American bakery, a Pinoy bakery in uh, Chinatown, and it was started by Gio from Blue Scholars. Blue Scholars was an old uh, a Pinoy uh, hip hop group in Seattle, but the bakery's dope. And if I suggest if you go to a Mariners game, it's a great place to go have a coffee and and um, a baked good and just chill out. Uh, Dope vibe, super fun to be back there. Uh, so walked back from Hood Famous, back through the corridor amongst all the people, uh, went in through center field, you know, barbecue was, there's smoke coming off the barbecue. The the music was blasting for all the crazies that stand in that um, kind of that lower level in center field. And the vibe was just, it was electric. And it was something that, I've been missing, you know, I don't get to go to a lot of games and just to be a part of that was dope. So, and it was the first time in quite a while for me that I guess the game last year that I'll talk about in a minute, second time in a while that I felt that same vibe as living in Chicago and going to Cubs games. You know, it was an experience at Cubs games and people drank, people had a good time. And that wasn't something that uh, Seattle ushers and the Seattle organization always uh, wanted to push. And I feel like they're pushing it quite a bit more. You saw things like $5, 12 ounce beers 
uh, in center field, which was super cool. And, you know, there were three guys in the center field bleachers, just uh, one section over from me with their shirts off and they were dancing and acting crazy. And that's, that's not a Seattle thing either. Uh, so the vibe was dope, like I said, and atmosphere electric. Uh, the sun came out and, you know, a couple of things that I saw right away was Julio uh, really interacting with all the fans, the fans that were standing up in center field, the fans sitting in the center field bleachers where I was. Uh, he was waving and talking and, you know, uh, in between innings, he was he was throwing balls, you know, the ball that they were throwing around to warm up into the into the stands. And it's just something you're not used to seeing at a baseball game. That's more of a uh an nba i think sort of vibe and and to see that at a mariners game was very cool um he's certainly a showman uh i think it probably resonates slightly more with younger people than it does with me um because a little bit of it was over the top but i know that's what brings people in and uh it was cool to see with him so lead up was cool uh great food um great energy you know really uh, kind of a shot in the arm for me as far as just being around that kind of uh, adrenaline and, and craziness, you know, the rubber match of the three game series for both teams. Um, uh, the Mariners started with Marco Gonzalez. Like I uh, previously said, the Pirates starter was Luis Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz is 6'2", 240, uh, kind of a long ponytail-ish type of thing going on out of Dominican Republic. Uh, the Pirates' number eight prospect coming into 2023, according to MLB Pipeline. I'd have him a bit higher myself. Um, I did not have him in my top 100, however. Uh, he signed out of the Dominican in 18 for $25,000. Uh, stocky dude, you know, big dude, huge thighs, like definitely pitches for with power from his legs. Uh, 96, 97 mile an hour fastball, you know, 86 mile an hour slider, 96 mile an hour sinker. He threw all three of those pitches over the season. He's thrown all three of those pitches about between 24 and 30% of the time. And then he mixes in a little bit of a, a 90 mile an hour changeup. Um, still trying to get control over his pitches, but one of those starting pitchers, that's just fun to watch. You can tell his stuff is, is dynamic and, um, caught the Mariners hitters a little bit off guard with its uh, explosion and he pitched fairly well, but the way that, again, I'm talking about a lot about style and swag, just beat at the game, the way that he stomped around the mound and kind of strutted after strikeouts and things is, is new for a long time baseball viewer. Uh, you see it a bit on television, but being at the game is more pronounced, I think, because you could watch it. Uh, without having to rely on the camera filming it for you. And it's fun. It's different. Uh, it's entertainment. And I credit a lot of, of this to um, the, you know, the Latin players and how the Latin players conduct themselves and celebrate. You know, a few years ago, they were a lot of the Latin players who did celebrate in this way were, were seen as being disrespectful to the game and, um, you know, some of the unwritten rules they were breaking that were, you know, you can argue who created the unwritten rules, but I think that the unwritten rules are part of the reason why we were losing uh, young baseball viewers. And so to see the demonstrative nature of Luis Ortiz and some of the other players on the field is fun and entertaining. And 
I can see young kids getting back into the game because it's about, you know, the wristbands and the different color socks and shoes and, you know, people's hair being a little bit different and, you know, uh, celebrating a strikeout and celebrate, you know, pimping a home run a little bit. And so Ortiz was, was one of those guys in the field that was doing it. Uh, he looked very good. I, I do roster him in my home league and, and um, I'm excited to see what he's capable of. He's not a high strikeout pitcher, but he was a fun pitcher to watch. Uh, so again, there were a lot of hard hit balls in this game, uh, specifically three from Julio. In the first inning, he hit a home run off of Ortiz, a towering shot, 43 degree launch angle, which is um, obviously almost 45 degrees up. Uh, would have been a home run in 90 or nine of 30 parks in the major leagues. The XBA was 400, um, but it was 107.6 off the bat and just an absolute towering home run. Uh, Cal Raleigh did the same thing, 107 off the bat in the fourth inning. Same launch angle, 43 degrees. Uh, that went 349 feet, home run 13 out of 30 parks. Both were majestic. Being there, they were both. You wonder if the wind was going to blow them back. They had to have hit them really hard because the wind was blowing in quite a bit. But both home runs, majestic, uh, uh, beautiful shots. Julio lined out in the fifth to center field, and he hit the ball 112.6. Uh, 840 expected batting average on, on um, the batted ball event. I bring it up because he's smacking the you-know-what out of the ball right now, and even his outs are loud. Uh, great sign for Julio and the Mariners. Uh, Kalnick hit a double that was 105 off the bat in the fifth as well. Teo hit a sing, uh, single in the sixth, 108 off the bat. Uh, good sign for him. And then Julio, 108-9 off the bat for a ground out in the seventh. I just I bring those up because when you start to see that sort of um, that sort of velocity exit velocity. Uh, from players who, you know, we were talking about slumping the last couple of weeks. Those are good signs. Those are really good signs to come. means they're seeing the ball a little better. It means, um, I think for Teo, it means that he's, there's going to be a stretch here in the summer where he's really going to carry the team. And people aren't going to question uh, that trade anymore um, with the Blue Jays. You know, after Sunday's game, Tail Hernandez was still hitting, uh, he was hitting 233, 269 with the 403 slug, which is not what you were looking for after the trade. That's a, good for a 672 um, OPS, but he's still driving in runs. He's still hit for some power, um, and he's starting to hit the slider a little bit more. Julio, uh, after this game, was up to 242 with the 307 on base percentage. And a uh, sorry, sorry, I'm doing it on the fly. 843 OPS. Uh, that's that's quite a bit up over where it's been. Um, I expect to see him settle in at 270 or 280 for the year. Uh, it's also his ninth home run on the season on Sunday. So again, those two are heating up. So the Mariners uh, ended up winning this game in the ninth inning, or excuse me, in the tenth inning, uh, six three. Uh, those, I'm sure most who are listening, watch the game. Uh, Gino Suarez hit a home run, um, to win it and to walk it off. And it was, it just exploded. The place absolutely exploded. It was a wild scene. And, 
Um, you know, it was Sunday, it was sunny. Uh, people, a lot of fans were certainly liquored up, but to feel that from at a Mariners game is it's the kind of energy that I got used to, you know, feeling at Cubs games or, um, you know, Michigan football games or University of Washington football games. It's not a, the kind of energy that you feel that you associate with the Mariners unless you were around for 95 or 01. And it was just fun, man. It was you know, you're high-fiving strangers and and people are clapping on the way out, you know, walking back through that corridor to Pioneer Square. People are still chanting and clapping and high-fiving. And it, if you're not on a high coming out of that kind of thing, I you, you have no pulse because it was, it was just, it was a celebration, you know, for anyone associated with the Mariners, any Mariners fans, it was a celebration coming out of that game. So again, Gino hit a home run uh, to win it. They walked it off in the 10th, 6-3. Uh, exciting game, lots of hard-hit balls. There were a lot of pitching changes. The game took a while. Uh, Tyler Salcedo got the win, one inning, one hit, one walk, three Ks. Um, I heard uh, they're starting to call him Lil Queso, which is kind of funny, uh, which would mean little cheese for those who don't know, but uh, he pitched really well. Um Marco went five, Marco Gonzalez went five and two thirds innings, three hits, one run, three walks, four Ks. That's the second game uh, in a row or start in a row that he's given up two or less runs and pitched five and two thirds innings or more. You'd like to see him go six, but honestly, that's about as good as you can expect from Marco Gonzalez. Um, I think the Mariners would take that from their fifth starter all day long. Uh, Matt Brass came in, pitched third of an inning, got a strikeout. Gabe Spire pitched an inning, got a seventh hold, got a strikeout. Justin Topa was the one who gave up the two runs uh, to tie it. Uh, he pitched a third of an inning, two hits, two runs, one K. Paul Seawald came in, um, walked in the tying run, uh, two-thirds of an inning. And then Trevor Gott pitched an inning again. Saucedo got the win to go to 2-0. Um, which brings us to... Uh, my swag meter. I, let's see, how do I define this for the listener? I think swag is, you know, swag's a word that kids associate with something that's cool. Somebody who carries himself in a certain, themselves in a certain way. Uh, somebody who has style. Uh, these are all my judgments. This is all very, uh, subjective, obviously, and I can explain why, um, listeners, if you have questions about a specific swag rating, let me know. But starting, so JP Crawford, I gave an eight. I think he's got a tremendous style, the braids, um, the upright bat, you know, uh, he, you know, he's got, a, a, expresses himself. Um, he gets an eight and not higher because he's slow. Now, I don't know how much swag you can have, unless you're a really big dude. I don't know how much swag you can have if you're slow. He also doesn't hit for a lot of power. So not a lot of explosion to his game, but there's a lot of style in his in the way he carries himself. So I'm giving him an eight. Uh, Ty France is a six. I, I just, I can't, Ty France is a, uh, it, you know, is a, looks to me like he's slamming a beer uh, right after the game. And while that is cool, I, I got to give him a six. Julio's an 11. I think that's self-explanatory. He's just, he's one of the coolest 
behind Griffey, because I don't think anyone's ever going to uh, pass Griffey. I don't know if there was a cooler Mariner than Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Kelnick got a nine for me. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's smart when he does smile. It's cool. He doesn't smile that much. Um, but everything else is cool about him. Gino, uh, with the facial hair and the the earring and the, the, the flowing locks, definitely a nine. Cal gets a three. Uh, I think Cal's just there to play baseball, and he's kind of like your your one of your part of your crew who has always got your back and and is the nicest guy and uh you know is always there for you but you know you're still trying to get him to wear jeans that aren't tapered and uh and wear his baseball hat backwards every once in a while uh tail hernandez gets a seven once he learns how to hit a slider I, I would move him up to a nine until he can hit a slider he's getting a seven uh, Tom Murphy's a one. Tom Murphy is the guy that is mowing his lawn uh, after the game. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It's just not real, not a real swaggy behavior. Jose Caballero is a seven. Uh, he's got a lot of style, and I like the way he gets under the skin of, of the opposing team uh, until he plays a little more in the major leagues and establishes himself uh, uh, he's going to have a seven from me. Marco gets a five. Uh, I see Marco as a, you know, he's a family guy and family guys can have swag. Um, but he's also a left-handed starter that throws, you know, 89, 90 miles an hour. Um, so the Mariners total score was a 66 uh, from me. The Pirates, I know my boy Steven is going to get on me about giving Andrew McCutcheon an eight instead of a 10. Uh, once he cut the dreads off when he left Pittsburgh, I'm taking a point off for that. And I'm taking a point off for him just because he's the older dude of the bunch. Uh, Brian Reynolds is a six. Brian Reynolds is a good ball player. OPS of uh, looks like 856 currently hitting 290, switch hitting um, corner outfielder. Uh, not enough explosion in his game and not enough celebration for me to give him more than a six. This brings me to Connor Joe. Boy, Connor Joe. Asian American dude, I believe he's from California. Uh, started in left field, hit third for the Pirates. Um, he's got Connor Joe's hair. He's got like shoulder length hair. It's always flowing, never tied down. Uh, boy, he you know swings the bat with with veracity. Um, smiles, has fun. You know, he's always messing with teammates. I gave him a ten. I loved it. I think Connor Joe was. I would, he's not the greatest ball player, um, hitting 241 with a 337 on base percentage uh, and a 792 OPS currently. But man, he was just fun to watch. I really enjoyed Connor Joe. Um, Carlos Santana got an eight. Uh, I think we saw him at the end of the year last year with the Mariners, uh, team leader, fun guy, you know, smiles a lot, takes big hacks. Uh, Rodolfo Castro is a six. Uh, you know, he's hasn't played a ton in the major leagues yet. Um, but plays a lot of positions, pretty explosive athlete. Key Brian Hayes is a seven, plays great defense. Um, his dad, Charlie Hayes, was a little bit of a boring ball player, uh, kind of like Cabrian. Hits lasers on the ground and line drives, doesn't pull the ball. I gave him a seven because um he hits the ball hard. Uh, he's got some style at the plate, but he doesn't elevate the ball enough for me yet. So until you can hit for power or be an 80 speed, uh, he's getting a seven from me. Jiwon Bay, center fielder um, from Korea, 
Cool dude. Uh, it's funny to see Bay on the back of a jersey. Uh, makes me think of um, of Beyonce. Uh, he's always stretching, kind of like Ichiro did um, in the outfield. Definitely limbering up. Uh, you know, he's got the what I would call the 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 lead off the left handed leadoff hitter kind of swing that you see sometimes in softball when they're getting kind of a running start. He's got a he doesn't quite do that, but he's got that kind of follow through. Um, fun player to watch. Very stylish player. I gave him a nine. Uh, Chris Owings started at shortstop. Bit of a journeyman. I gave him a one. Just kind of a you know what you would think of a journeyman quad A player. Uh, Austin Hedges got a four, mostly because um, big beard. Not a big beard, but a beard on a big dude. And he's a great defensive catcher. Uh, looks like he should hit home runs. He doesn't, but kind of fun. And then Luis Ortiz got a 10. He's throwing 96 miles an hour, stomping around the mound. Uh, demonstrative dude, you know, 6'2", listed 6'2", 240. He might even be bigger than that, uh, but a lot of fun. So Pirates, I gave a 69 in swags. Mariners got a 66. I know it was kind of silly. Um, it wasn't something that I went in planning to do, but uh, there was just, there's a lot of style on the field. There's a lot of, of fun celebrating JP, Julio, Kelnick, Gino, um, you know, for the pirates, McCutcheon was out there, Connor, Joe, Carlos Santana, G1 Bay, Luis Ortiz. It was, it was a fun game. And I appreciate that. And like I said, I think the more baseball allows room for expression, um, sometimes the expression is cultural, sometimes it's competitiveness, sometimes it's anger, but this is all a part of um, celebrating the game. And it's all a part of getting fans to, you know, young fans to buy in and to participate in baseball and to play little league and to imitate players like Julio. Um, I think it's a great, great, great thing. I, I bring it up in the podcast because I want to celebrate it as well. Um, I, I just, I think it's a, uh, it was much needed and uh, very, very fun to see. I also want to credit Bryce Harper for some of this. Cause I think Bryce Harper was a good uh, pioneer in being a, a, uh, an American born Caucasian player who, kind of stood up for celebrating and stood up for being uh, expressive and demonstrative on the field. And he, in some ways, um, bridged the gap uh, communication-wise. So props to Bryce Harper as well for doing that. In any case, I had an amazing time uh, going from Walla Walla to Seattle. It's about four and a half hours to watch the Mariners play. Um, really thankful for this particular game experience because of uh, the game itself, how it ended. Uh, 44,000 plus fans being out. It was sunny. Couldn't have asked for more. I guess maybe to see O'Neill Cruz and for my buddy Steven to be able to see the Pirates play. But other than that, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the listens. Follow me on Twitter at T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. Uh, you can follow the podcast Twitter account at uh, Ethos Mariners. And you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts as Ethos Mariners. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Take care, you guys. Peace. Peace.